If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. When we build a Facebook group or a community the right way, it doesn't need you. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. When I first heard Dan and Malstaff on my friend Amy Porterfield's podcast, I literally filled pages of notes. I asked my entire team to listen and share their ideas, and we took action immediately on her advice and started seeing results. Then I realized, like, wait, we need Dana on Gold Digger so that you can get lit on fire about your Facebook group strategy too. So I asked Dana if she was game for something a little bit different. We have the Gold Digger Podcast Insiders Facebook group. Maybe you're already a member, but if not, join us in there for discussions and advice, help from a community of over 55,000 gold diggers, and you'll be seeing a lot of what we talk about in this episode. All you have to do is just tap the link in the show notes on your podcast app and join us there or head to golddiggerpodcast.com. Anyways, this Facebook group is rich with active members and useful content and all the things, but to be honest, we haven't really analyzed our strategy there, and I know that there are ways that we could better be serving you inside of that group. And that's why I asked Dana to do an audit and to give us advice. And she's on the podcast right now to give us her tips. If you have a Facebook group or you're thinking about starting one and want advice to launch and manage it effectively, Dana Malstaff is here to help. Are you ready? Let's dive on in. Okay, Dana, I am equal parts excited and slightly terrified to have this conversation with you today. But welcome, welcome, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. I'm so excited to dig into Facebook groups with you. Oh, thank you for having me. And also equally as terrified. (laughs) 
and excited. <laughs> you know, I shared with you, but you were on my friend Amy Porterfield's podcast. And I just in this season of life with motherhood and stuff, I rarely, rarely have time to listen to podcasts anymore. And so when I get to get them in, I get like my favorites. And you were on Amy's show and I listened to it. And I was like carrying my phone with me around the house as I'm like prepping lunch and doing all the things. And I messaged my entire team and was like, you guys have to listen to this. Dana drops all of these truth bombs. Like we need to get to work. This is so good. And so when we started dreaming about having you on the show, we were like, okay, how can we get Dana on the show and how can we learn from her the best way? And so today what you're doing is you are auditing our group and giving us feedback and suggestions and ideas. And oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I know, I rarely get nervous and I had to like double up on deodorant today. So <laughs> this is amazing. Okay. So before we dive on in, Take me on your journey because I loved your story and I want to know and be able to share with our listeners, like, what do you do? Who are you? What's your backstory that led you to where you are today? Because I was like at the edge of my seat listening to this. (laughs) Yes. Oh, it's such a fun. I always think of the Goonies, too, where I want to be like, well, in fourth grade, like I want to go all the way back. (laughs) I grew up in a very creative family. So always like creativity and ideas were rewarded, which is great. And so when I went and got into business, I wanted to wear all the hats and do all the things. And I remember somebody asking me at the last job I had, what would be the worst thing that they could ask me to do? And I said the same thing every day. That was like horrible sounding to me. So when I got an opportunity, gosh, it was almost like, I want to say six plus years ago now, like all the years are just melding together. But I got this opportunity. And by opportunity, I mean, there was structurally shifting in the company I was in, and I was going to get fired. So I had, you know, like the air tap, air floats of opportunity (laughs) to go out and to start my own thing. So I started this business. And Everybody took me out on New Year's Eve and we had tequila shots and it was blast. And six weeks later, I was pregnant. And and it was awesome because we'd been trying and it, it wasn't working. You know, we'd spent a year trying to get pregnant and we hadn't. So now all of a sudden I was pregnant and I was starting this business and I was never, I never was built to be a stay-at-home mom. And that made me feel horrible. Like I was very scared of it. I never babysat when I was young. Like I had a very weird meld of family. So I was the youngest for a time. And then I was like the middle child. And then I was the oldest, like depending on who was living at us and what time. But I never had babies that I held or anything like that. So I knew I wanted to nurture, but I didn't feel very maternal. So when I had my son and I wanted him to nap so I could work on my website, you know, I (laughs) felt horrible. Like I just felt like there must be something wrong with me. Like I must be broken. I must be a terrible person. And I felt alone and isolated and nobody around where I was living knew what I was doing. Like I had surrounded myself with people that were like me when I was in a corporate setting. And so I just felt bad. Like I cried a lot. I felt bad a lot. And I remember people telling me like, oh, you just you should go back and get a job before somebody finds out you're pregnant. You know, like when I first quit and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Why would I do that? Well, so you can have stability. And I was like, the whole point was I could, you know, do whatever I want. So fast forward, my son's a couple months old and we decided to move back to San Diego where my parents are originally from and I've lived on and off, moved back here and 
that's when things started changing. Like I really started to understand that it depends, you know, really everything depends on who you surround yourself with. And there's a really great North Face commercial or ad that Mark Schaefer, a friend of mine, talks about. And it's basically they have this thing where it's, you know, people that are climbing a mountain and there's frostbite and, you know, there are all these crazy things that just the somebody who doesn't do those things, they look crazy. And so it says crazy over it. Right. But then it shows them all together and it says brave. And it basically says, hang out with the people that think you're brave not crazy. And it spoke to me because even as an entrepreneur, even as a parent, like I want to hang out with people that think that what I'm doing to start my own business is brave and not crazy. And the people that think the way I'm raising my kids is brave and not crazy. And I moved to California and found that I had found my people. So started to work on business and all those fun things. And about two years in, I was pregnant with my daughter and got an opportunity to connect with a friend of mine, Azul Taronis, who was a book coach. And we were in a mastermind together. And he's like, who wants to write a book? And I'd always wanted to. And so we sat down. I thought I was going to write a book about content strategy. And we ended up writing Boss Mom. And it was just like lit up like, you know, a big flame. Everybody was like, where has this been? And then, and that's how the boss mom community got started. And I mean, like any good entrepreneur, only 20% of anything I do ever works. And so when you see that 20%, you like hold on and ride it as hard as you can. So we boss momed everything humanly possible since then. I relate so much to your story. And it was funny. I was listening to an interview that Barbara Corcoran was doing the other day. And she was like, you know, I'm just convinced that all moms are guilty. Like the moms that are working are guilty that they're not with their kids more. And the moms that are staying home are guilty that they're not contributing financially. And like, we've just got to get rid of all of those like stigmas and those beliefs. And it's, it's so true. It's like, man, to try to do both or to be all in on one almost feels impossible, doesn't it? It does. And my belief from a guilt standpoint is the reason we feel bad is because we're worried we're making the wrong decision, right? If you feel like the other path you could have taken may have been better, may have resulted better, then you're going to feel guilty about the path you chose. So to me, the only way for us to try and feel less guilty in whatever situation we're in is to really be conscious about the choices we're making and feel good about them, which means we have to talk about them. I think people are hiding this guilt that they have. And we've, thank goodness, come into this era where we're discussing more things. That's why I love having the community that we have, because it's not just about like business and things like that. It's about let's be honest with each other about how we feel. Let's be honest about what is a good decision, what isn't a good decision and, and how we're weighing our options. Because to choose, you know, to make a decision is really to kill off your options. And that's very scary. But if we could all feel really good about what we are choosing, then we'd feel less guilty about what we're doing. And that's, you know, we call it like conscious integration. There's no balance of anything. Like to me, the only thing that's balanced is if I go through the full range of emotions every month. Like I need to, (laughs) I need to feel like I'm failing at life once a month. I need to feel like I'm angry at the world at once a month. I need to feel like when I leave my door, like every Everybody is doing something that must be against me personally, even even though it's not rational. You know, like one day I'm on top of the world and I could do anything. And yeah, like to me, balance is that I'm a full range of emotions every month. And if I have a month where it's not that way, where I like feel amazing all month, I know the next month is going to be horrifying. (laughs) It's so true. It is so true. My gosh, we have to have you back on, Dana, just to like go into an interview because now I'm like, oh, we have so much more to talk about. (laughs) 
Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activation several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. But what I'm so excited about, and we've never really done something this strategic or this specific on our show. And so when we talked about getting you onto the podcast and part of your secret sauce is Facebook groups, which is so, so interesting. And so we asked you to audit our Gold Digger podcast Facebook group and give us an action plan to improve our strategy and to help us like really nurture our community there. And so instead of structured questions, I just want to start first with tell me what you saw in our Facebook group. <laughs> 
So let's dive on into this goodness. Buckle up. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. One, you have just over 55 thousand people in that group, which is amazing. That's so many amazing ladies. But you also have relatively low engagement for most of what you have. So you have somewhere between two and 20 comments on average, and about 10% of the people that are in are in there are getting 20 plus comments, which means to me, it's not necessarily that people aren't engaging. It's that the way you've got it structured, people aren't seeing you. So because within the way it works in Facebook is you've got 55,000 people. But if Facebook doesn't think you're, you know, the hot stuff that week, they're going to present other people with other things. Because on average, people are, I don't know what the exact number is, but I would say on average, people are at least part of 20 groups, most of which they pay no attention to. So the goal of your Facebook group to up engagement is to get people to see it, to play with that algorithm. So that's one of the things we'll definitely talk about is how do we, how do we play with that algorithm before we can do that though? One of the things I see with groups, and I think yours is exactly the way most people build their group, which is you have a podcast or you have a book or you have a community or you have a business. And so you start a Facebook group because that's obviously where everybody can come together and hang out. And and then everybody goes there and hangs out. Right. And that's and there's not as much thought past that than everything will start engaging. We're going to tell them about our content and, you know, it'll all work itself out. But it's kind of like someone going to a YMCA, like a rec center for the community and you walk in and there's no signs on the walls, you have no schedule, you don't know what's happening or what games are playing or who's playing or who anybody is or what kind of people come here. So you know it's in the neighborhood, you know it's you want to be there, like you'd like to use it, but you're not sure how. So what we want to do with our groups is we want to think of them like a community. Like people tell me, you know, you're running boss mom the group and I'm like, "Well, I think of it like a city." Like the boss mom community is like a city, which means we need to have natural roles that are assumed, right? I have natural policers, natural connectors. We want to raise up people in the community. We don't want to stymie their ability to connect, but we want to train them on how we act. Like what is the etiquette of this space? So one of the questions I have for you is, what do you want your group to be known for? Like when they come in, they're coming in to say, it says in the description that you want them to, they're here to get your podcast, like sneak peek of things, some extra training and resources. And it's very podcast driven. If you go into the description though, that you have in one of your pinned posts, you say it's a positive space to share goals, work through problems, create community and foster growth. So those are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great question. So when we started the Facebook group, we launched it right when the podcast was out. And it was almost like a means to like help us get the word out about the podcast. Like those were like our people. It was like this tight knit, maybe a hundred people, you know, mm-hmm. and then it just starts to grow. And I don't know if you've ever felt this way, but it's like they almost become a beast of their own, like where it's like we need like a full time person to be in there giving this energy. And we don't have that. And so when I imagine what I want that group to be and to become, it's this like support group because we're putting out the resources, but we can't answer every question and we can't point to every single episode and, and we need our people to help us engage in that way. And 
I really want to raise up our listeners to become those experts for one another. It's like when I think mm-hmm. about our listeners, I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many people that have gifts that I don't have, that know things I don't know, that have experiences that can be shared. And so we've kind of gotten away from that because it's like how, like you said, like how do we encourage people to be those leaders and to gain that confidence and to serve one another while still staying in the umbrella of the desire to give that free information and those resources to others? Does that answer the question? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so one of the things I love that you mentioned, because this is how most people feel, you said, I feel like I need a full-time employee to manage this. When we build a Facebook group or a community the right way, it doesn't need you. Good. That's the I thing. I mean, I want to be in it, but I don't yeah. want to be no, needed I mean, every single day. I have day. had times, like my dad passed away last year and I was a hot mess, as one would expect one would be. Yeah. And there was a good two months where I did not really engage very much at all in my group and none yeah. of the engagement changed. It's like it's, it's almost a little ping to the ego to be like, if I went away, <laughs> you know, everybody was fine without me. But it is because I've created an ecosystem Right. And that's what we want to do is we want you to create an ecosystem that thrives based on the parameters that you've created, based on the boundaries that you've created so that they have freedom within that space. Because just like with kids, they know what their boundaries are. Right. Like it's much easier for a kid to be able to play freely when they understand what those, you know, where the fences lie and you have to be less stressed about it. And also the other thing that's going to help us get you to the place that you want to go, I call it a community ladder. The best kind of community is the kind of thing exactly like it would be in a company. People need to be able to progress. If they can't progress, then they go stagnant, right? It's just like any relationship, right? Like we can't help ourselves but want to progress either a deeper friendship or a deeper romance or whatever that is. And if we don't feel like that's the case, we will just kind of get bored and move on and hang out with somebody else. And so if we have a community ladder in your space where people can be raised up in different ways, like you were talking about wanting to do, then people strive in your community. They strive to become those roles. Right. So there's a couple (laughs) ways. Like, give me the ladder. I'm excited about this. Okay. So there's a couple ways. One, people will naturally assume roles. So when you have, there's kind of two team members from your side that I think in any given group are necessary. One is the person that lets people in and kicks people out. And I generally like to have that separate from our community managers because it's like that role that just isn't that fun, (laughs) you know, and it's got its own sort of standard of operation. It's very clean and clear of like who gets in, who gets kicked out or who doesn't get let in. And we kick out just as many people as we let in. So part of the what makes our community great and what makes your community great is to be able to say we protect you. You feel protected because the community has to feel a sense of belonging and they have to feel safe, right? The main things we want people to feel is we want them to feel like their voice matters, right? And that they're protected. That's like the natural in any situation in life. That's what people want to feel. So if we can create that space, they will fight for you. There's a loyalty that's created there. So one person that lets people in, kicks people out. We have that as our own little separate VA that does that. And, you know, it's super, super easy for them to do. And we keep an eye on that to make sure that's good. The other person is more of the community manager. And they're the one that keeps the finger on the pulse of the group. They're the one that is going to naturally identify your people. So in your insights, in your Facebook group, you can click on the little cog and it tells you your insights of what your numbers are 
are and, and it'll show you your top engagers, right? So on a weekly basis, going in and looking who those top engagers are, and then having somebody on your team personally reach out to some of those people and thank them for being a part of the community, thanking them for like, we have somebody who naturally just flags people in our community. I don't know where she finds the time, but it's amazing. Like we don't have to pay for somebody to like, we all police it naturally, but we don't have to pay for somebody to say, Hey, this person just knowingly violated a thing, or they just shared a live into the group and you're not allowed to do that. We sent her a like a physical gift and just said, thank you. Like you contribute to this community in a really important way. And, you know, and we aren't going to go and do a live about how you flag people, but you keep this place safe and we really appreciate you. So here's a present from Boss Mom. So getting people to feel like they are noticed for their contribution within your group can take a few minutes every week. But if you're someone on your team is going in and saying, I'm noticing this person, they're just really engaged. They've got a couple posts, but man, they've commented 40 times this week. Like this is one of our people. And just doing that quick note to them, a quick message that says, we just want to let you know that we really appreciate how you contribute in this group. You'd be amazed at how much people will raise up for you and help create that ecosystem you want with just the recognition that you saw that they existed. I actually did earlier this year. I feel like I'm like seeing gaps where I'm like, duh, like I, this is what I love what you <laughs> teach, Dana, because I'm like, duh, we had a private Facebook group earlier this year for a course. I was leading people through the knowledge business blueprint and there was a thousand people and I had a leaderboard every week of the top contributors. And then the top 10 people got to do a zoom call with me, like a coaching call. Mm-hmm. And so it was just such a cool way because that group was just on fire and people were like answering every question. There's not a single post that didn't have encouragement or engagement on it. I love, I love, love, love that. And I think that can translate so easily over. So that's one thing. The other thing is you could choose to actually ask for ambassadors. Like you could choose to have a group of women who fill a particular kind of role. We did that early on. The ecosystem runs so well that we don't actually normally have, we don't have ambassadors anymore in our space because it's not necessary. Like the engine is running. It's not needed. I mean, we have in our group, we have just shy of 45,000. We get about 100 people a day coming in and 70% of that are actively engaged every single month. And on average, I was just looking at the numbers. On average, our high end posts get upward of 500 comments and our average posts gets about 80 to 90 comments. So we have a highly engaged space. And so we don't necessarily need the ambassadors at the moment, but ambassadors are great not to do prompts necessarily, but to be those community people. Like their goal is that word of mouth, like personal touch. They're going out and commenting, like increasing that engagement for you. So it's totally possible that you could look at who your high engagers are or do an outreach and say, hey, we're looking for, you know, 10 ambassadors for this group that are like gung ho, you know, gold diggers and want to just help us to, you know, really breathe a lot of life into this space. And what we generally would do is we, you know, they'd fill out an application or you handpick whichever one you want. And you take those people and you say, okay, this is what we want. We want you to engage in this way in posts every week. And for that, we're going to, you know, hop on a Zoom call, you know, once a month for 20 minutes. And, you know, the team is going to talk to you about what's going on and how you feel about 
about the community and those kinds of things. So you can get those people going. And what we used to do is we'd rotate them every six months. So every six months, we just get a new batch of people. And those people, because they became sort of micro famous in the space, their businesses just thrived. Like their Facebook groups grew and those kinds of things because they were associated with us. That worked really well. I've seen it in some groups where like when we first got started, it was anybody. Once I had enough programs established, we only had ambassadors who had gone through my programs because I knew they ran good businesses. You know, so there's a bunch of ways to do it. But that's one way where they're not doing weekly prompts. They're not doing like that, but they are engaging and they're helping that engagement. That's one other thing that you can do. One of the other things that I noticed is this is based around your podcast, right? And the funny part is, is that the posts that you do that announce your podcasts are some of the most low engagement posts. Mm-hmm. So I had some thoughts because when we were talking about Amy Porterfield's episode and I talked about the buzz plan that we work people through and I'm, I have a certification appreciative inquiry. Like I have, I always joke, I didn't get a degree in behavioral psychology, but I sat next to someone <laughs> for a year and we traveled a lot who did. So <laughs> you got it through osmosis. Yeah. But questions. And I'm a journalism major, right? So the, the best way to create connection is through questions. So you do a lot of posts where you say, hey, this is this episode and we traveled with the team. Or hey, I got these couple women, we all had babies together. And we did the, you know, we did the baby thing. And we want to tell you about like how we did. We talked about, you'd have one recently about like, it doesn't matter if other people have already done stuff, you know, those kinds of episodes. And you're going in and you're saying, hey, I've got this episode, go have a listen. Well, one, they haven't listened to the episode yet, so they're not going to engage. And the odds of them remembering to go engage after they've listened to the episode isn't likely. So how do we get people to engage and also be able to get that post to trend so that everybody sees that post consistently? Because every time there's a comment, it pops up to the top, it pops up to the top, right? And then Facebook starts thinking you're super snazzy pants and wants to tell more people about you. How do we do that? So for instance, that mom episode, right? Instead of posting and saying, here's the mom episode, go listen, ask a question and say, who are my moms? And tell me about your family, right? And then say, by the way, we just had an episode go out. Here's the link, go listen. So the question is, post a picture of your kids below or tell me who are my moms. Give me a a gift to celebrate like how you feel about motherhood right now. Something allows them to go, I'm a mom, I want to raise my hand or I want to share or I want to tell you or I want to whatever that is. The sort of like can't help themselves is the show me a gift that, you know, tells me how you feel about being a mom right this moment. And I personally think like a lot of people give feedback about, oh, if you're just asking for a gift, you're just like playing clickbait. But I actually think that gifts are like the window to the soul. Oh, yeah. I love gifts. You know, a picture says a thousand words. A gift has to be like 5,000 words because there's movement in there. Yeah. (laughs) So something where you're asking a question where they don't have to listen to engage, but everybody who sees that sees the link to your episode. Would that just be a straight text status or would we include like, is there any science or research or any insight on like, should we even be sharing the graphics for that episode? Or should it just be a straight question with the link? Or should it have the preview? Like any tips on that idea? Yeah, okay. It it depends on your group. But just straight up text can absolutely work, especially if it's coming from you. We have a couple different kinds of prompts, like we have a collaboration Thursday, and we do a social share, like we call it engagement Monday. 
those ones are because I'm not famous like you. I would say I'm known in my circles. <laughs> that's, that's about it. We put my face on it. We put like a cutout picture of me with the okay. prompt so that my face is there so that people coming in because there's so many new people coming in that are right. coming in because Facebook's recommending it, not because they heard. I mean, some are coming in because they heard me. But so we put my face on it, but it says yep. the question in it. So we've got like a template that says the question in it. But most of the time when we're just doing sort of buzz related questions, we yep. don't because it, it's the difference between you like someone pitching you on something and someone just going and having coffee with you. So I encourage that the hosts of a group engage as if they are simply a member because it just feels more personal. So if you just did a thing where it's got the purple background or, you know, whatever you want, and it just asks the question of like, who are the moms out there? And it says, you know, like just talked about this on my episode and then you tell them what to do. And to be honest for you, I think straight text would work just as well. We've totally seen straight text get 800 comments versus gifts, you know, or uh, little gifts actually get less comments than we found. So either just text in an image or a straight text works really well. The things that have like the text, but then it's got like a beautiful picture gets less engagement, interestingly yeah. enough. I think people yeah. think they can go back and view it later. Like there's nothing imminent they need to do. Yeah. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I think that is so true. And we talk about this on the show all the time is like, we want to take like one piece of content and repurpose it in so many different ways. And since we have Kylie who oversees the whole podcast and then me, so it's basically the two of us, mm -hmm. it's like, oh my goodness, like we need to write an Instagram caption and a Facebook post and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
oh my gosh, it would be so much easier and so much more fun to ask questions and to get that feedback. And I think the only way that we've been using questions is to prepare for future episodes, not to share current ones. Yeah, like the one about the doesn't really matter if it's already been done or somebody else is doing it. You could ask them like, what do you feel like makes you special? Because you talk about the special sauce. You could say, have you ever questioned an idea? Like what's a big idea you're working on right now? Like what do you want to be putting out into the world next year? Those are all questions that are completely relevant to the episode and gets that conversation. Because a lot of what we need to do is not just say, I've got this thing, go look at it. We want to spark conversation. We want to spark conversation that people go, oh my gosh, I had this most amazing conversation with somebody and you know who facilitated that conversation? Jenna, right? And you become not just somebody who has good content, but you actually facilitate relationships that other people have outside of you. And that's, to me, loyalty is, you know, we have a whole like loyalty engine sort of thing that I do when I do keynotes, because I do keynotes on how to build sustainable online communities. So it's not even just Facebook groups, it's how do human beings work? And we naturally want to feel valuable, we want to feel safe, right? And we want to be able to connect with people, we need people, like our value is based around other people thinking we're valuable. That's why a lot of branding deals with like, what's the status that your audience wants to achieve? Like it's what it's not just about solving problems. It's about what would they like their life to look like? (laughs) And, And who do they feel like they need to hang around to get there? Yeah, I think those questions, it's actually so much easier to plan. Because like I saw you ask the question of, hey, where would you take your team? You know, like we took our team and everything like that. I bet you, though, most of the people in your group don't necessarily have a business of that size. So you could ask a question of who here is looking to hire for the next year. And I know the ones you have really high engagement on are those question prompts of like the team building one. Our collaboration Thursday is very similar to that one you did where you get you know, you get really high engagement, maybe 400 comments to the other ones that don't get a lot is when you're talking about when you're asking people to say, like, what do you need right now? Where do you need support or how, you know, that kind of thing. But you could ask similar questions for that particular episode of who's the next person you want to hire? Or, you know, like if you like, let's dream and dream about where you'd go. Or, you know, I saw one, there's a a client of mine who is more of a kind of intuitive life coach. And she will every once in a while post a picture of some place and say, tell me what you would do here and who you'd go with. I love that. I love those responses. Like, I don't think people know that, like, I spend a lot of time in our Facebook groups. And I sometimes Facebook just feels so overwhelming to me because when you run and manage five different groups, and some of them are paid and some of them are free, Facebook can feel like work. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's such a relief when you go into a community that it's not necessarily paid work and you're like, oh, we get to hang out. But it can get so overwhelming, you know, but I would love to hear about people dreaming about those things like that's so fun. Yeah. And so here's the one other thing. If you if every time you have it like you're planning your episodes and then you say, what questions could we ask in the group that week? You know, that's just a couple questions that sparks conversation, right? Because once you spark conversation, other people are going to start talking about those same things, right? They're going to start asking questions about those same things that that will like anything. It's a little slow, but then it'll start to pick up and people will get that that's how it works. The other thing I think you should do is I think you should look back at the previous month's episodes because people will have had time to listen to them and pull out a question a week that you could ask relative to a past episode 
And then you're going to have people who will have taken away. So instead of saying, hey, go listen to our episode, say, hey, we did an episode last month about this. I would love to hear an aha moment or, you know, what was your biggest takeaway or, you know, a question about the way they feel about something or, or a gif about, you know, how they're doing that particular thing in their life. So that what you're doing is you're call Now they've had time to like sit with it and marinate it and get it. And that's when people will actually comment about episodes versus doing that in the week. They haven't had time to take it in. How many questions is too many questions? That's such a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I would say I generally tell people three questions a week is more than enough. It depends on how it's engaging. And because you want to be in the comments, the whole point is not just to ask a question and move on. You know, these people aren't just another notch on your belt, so to speak. They're human beings. Like that's, that's the thing I think people forget when we're running businesses is that we're all just human beings literally bumping into each other all the time. And your group is not a number. It's a set of people. Like even when somebody's mean or does something wrong or any of those things, I always like a positive intent is always where my brain goes. So when somebody, cause you know, I've gotten hate mail cause we don't allow religion or politics into our group. And you know, I've had people tell me I stymie religious freedom and things like that. And I am okay with that because it's the group that I've created to keep it safe in the conversations we want to have. But I always tell everybody that person, maybe they got yelled at by a spouse. Maybe they missed their kid's recital. Maybe they get laid off or, you know, they had somebody they love pass away. Like, I don't know what baggage they've got. And if I need to be in their like chain of screaming for today, like, I'm just gonna, that's okay. Like most people don't come in with malicious intent and we know that. (laughs) So these are all people. So I would say two to three questions. It could be more if it's hugely engaging as in like your group gets a ton of posts. But honestly, if you're good with a couple questions, they will trend And you will be able to engage with that one question for many days. If when we do it right, we'll have a full on week where one particular question trends and I'm continually able to engage with that question. And one of the things, the little hacks that I tell everybody is when you post something and you start to engage with it, we have this natural instinct of batching, which is, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to like, 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 comment, 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 comment. Okay, good. Now I can go do something else. The problem is, is that the algorithm in Facebook works better when there is engagement over time, which means people are engaging with it, you know, over a period versus like right up front. So you have to test yourself with patience and like and comment on one or two and go away and then come back and like or comment on number two. And you're going to get way more engagement. And Facebook is going to actually start showing more people what you just posted. And here's the little sneaky thing that especially when people are trying to do things for business is you post things that are those sort of like easy, fun questions people can't help themselves for the few days leading up to when you want to post something that is actually asking them to join an opt-in or you know buy something because the algorithm is going to show it to more people. So when we talked about the buzz plan on Amy's episode, one of the things that's really important about a buzz plan, and it works the same thing in groups, is that we think posting for the sake of posting, like if I post and people engage, then that's great. 
But if yeah. you're posting the same kind of conversation, so say you're going to do your podcast course, right? Or your Instagram course, yeah. like you kind of have a thing on each platformy thing, right? So say you're going to do the podcast course and you know that you're going to want to talk about it in the group in a couple of weeks. Then yeah. in the group, you want to ask questions about podcasting consistently because everybody who's engaging with those posts are going to be more likely your ideal client. And those people are going to be more likely to be shown by Facebook your future posts when you actually try to sell. So when we start to drive a conversation and we do that early, then Facebook goes, these people are interested in you. And now you can actually target organically the right people in Facebook and leverage the algorithm for you. And you can do that within your Facebook group and still get really good engagement, but also get that subset of people that are perfect who want to start a podcast. Okay, here's my question then, because I know some people listening to this are thinking about starting their group, or maybe they have a group that's gone stagnant. What is our first step in our action plan? Okay, yeah. Like, so I'm just like, I'm like, okay, where do we begin with this? Because <laughs> yeah. now I have so many ideas and I'm like already thinking for Q2 and I'm like, wait, stop. Like today, where should I begin? Okay, so if somebody has a big group like you, it's slightly, it's already got things that are running. It's slightly different than if somebody's just getting started. One of the first things I tell everybody is to look back at your rules and the parameters, right? So for instance, you want to create those boundaries. So you want to know exactly what you will allow and what you won't allow to make sure there's no inconsistencies. So, you know, to say no self-promo makes sense, but also then what does that mean to you? What does self-promo mean to you? Because if someone's asking a question about, you know, how somebody's running their business, like they're asking a question about something that has to do with your life and how you deal with stress and they're a life coach, that's technically talking about their business, like they're everybody's working to help advance their business. So being really clear with yourself and your team, okay. and then being able to disseminate that to your audience about what does that mean to you? What does self-promotion mean? Does that just mean if they're posting a live, if they're, because right now in the Facebook group, yeah. You have the ability when somebody violates something and you want to delete a post, you can pick which rule they violate and you can actually yeah. tell them that they violated that rule, right? Or not. And you can write notes to your admins and things like that. So everybody kind of has a good idea of what you're doing. So every rule isn't just about people looking at the rules. You use those rules to identify what people are breaking. So a lot of times I'll say, don't just have a no self promo rule, break it up into what is self promo. So one is what I'd look at what those rules are, right? So that we, you really clear on, okay, they're not allowed to survey, but they can ask questions. Like you allow questions. You just don't want them to survey things, right? Like you said, no tagging you. Like that's a good one. Like, I love that. Like give you your space. And that's a good example of you setting boundaries, Right. So in ours, it's like, yeah, tag me. That's great. If I see it, I see it. I'll come in and hang out with you. But for you to have that space, I love it. I would give them an alternative of who to tag if they need something or what to go if they need something. Right. So just looking at your rules. So you've got those boundaries would be step one. Step two would be I would consider creating units in your Facebook group and doing a 
set of videos that either you or somebody else, you know, depend on the dynamic of the group, but that gives everybody a set of guidelines on how to engage. So having a welcome unit so that when you're welcoming people in or you're telling them, you know, in the main description, like go here to check out how to engage in this group. So new members coming in, we have a video that says, here's what this group is about. And it's a little video of me talking about what Boss Mom is and how we got started. We have a little video that says, here's how to engage. Here's the things you should do and should ask and how you should engage. And here's the things that you shouldn't do and what will get things deleted. And so just that unit, we drive people to that unit and people can comment on that and connect with that. And we get comments all the time on those particular units. And then we added a unit that says, here's free resources. So you could have a unit that says, like, here's our top favorite podcasts and here's our great opt-ins and get on our list. Right. So I would recommend the second thing to be going and say, okay, how could we reestablish how people should engage in this group? And do a couple little, I think videos are the best, just ad hoc, that kind of thing. Like you in your home hanging out. Those are the two. And then the third thing would be for if you have an existing group, I would recommend that you do a reset of a video or a live or something that tells everybody, hey, we're going to be making some changes in the future. Like we're going to be doing things a little bit different and we want to breathe new life in and just give them a sense. There's nothing worse than people feeling like they're out of the loop. Yeah. Like if you make somebody feel silly or dumb or any of those things, like it's, you know, lights out sort of thing. Like they will step away and be like, I I don't know. I feel very uncomfortable. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) So the more we can recognize that, hey, they're not making your decisions for you. They're Mm -hmm. not, you know, like you've already made these decisions and you're going to do this a certain way, but you want to make sure they feel in the loop. So I think it's always good when you're about to start making changes to let everybody know you're going to do it. And I say that in a corporate setting too. Like if you have a team, like make sure everybody's in the loop on what you're doing and you'll get way better buy-in. Those are the three that are kind of your setups. And then you can start asking those questions we talked about and playing because you've done the setup parameter. And if somebody's creating their own group new, don't start with prompts. Don't do that. You'll be the only one posting. Start with good questions. Just love it. Good questions. I'm telling you, people want, they want to engage. I was looking through your group and like, what's your favorite self-care routine when you're feeling a little overwhelmed? Like 68 comments. What's your favorite conference to attend? That had several hundred comments. You know, what were some of the other ones? There were ones where they were just asking just really good questions you know, what's the best planner you'd recommend? 77 comments. You know, if you could change or fix one thing about your Instagram, what would it be? 54 comments. Like people want to give their opinion and they want to engage. And if you're just starting a group, let people give their opinion. (laughs) This really excites me because I feel like sometimes it's so easy to get disconnected from a community. And it's like, we want that feedback so that we can keep building the right things. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's almost like we're like posting and it's going into like this like oblivion, which you've expressed. And it's like, wow, this would be such a great way. Like these people have already joined. They likely hopefully already know who I am or what we do. And now we have this like direct line of access of like, what do you need the most help with? And how can we create those resources or episodes or courses or whatever? And it's like, it's so exciting to me because I love data and I love like feeling that connection because there's nothing worse than creating out of alignment. I know. Yeah. And a part of what I used to do in corporate is we'd run focus groups and we worked with company culture and employees 
employee buy-in and all these different things. It works the same in the community. Yeah, I love, I love using Facebook groups as focus groups to really understand. Like I remember I was collaborating with somebody. We were talking about launching in the summer and I was like, oh, it's that's a tough time. And I just went in and I said, when does everybody go back to school? When do your kids go back yeah, to school? Yeah. There's like 700 comments. And it was great <laughs> because it helped us figure out when was the right time to launch this one particular thing. It was super helpful and it made me, you know, look popular on to, according to Facebook's algorithm. So it was a win-win. How do you decide what you respond to and what someone else on your team responds to? And are they responding under their own account or a team account? Or how does that all work? Within my team, they all have their own thing. We don't have like a, you know, a different account. Each person is their own person. Because in my space, I want my team to also become micro famous and grow their businesses. So they all comment as themselves. But everybody knows they'll say like, hey, community manager here, you know, talking about yeah. this or yep. you should. And they'll tag me a lot. i be like, oh my gosh, what you need is Dana, right? Yeah. Where I come in and comment is in two places. One is really giving them that permission and that support of being like, I know exactly. Yeah. I remember there was a girl who posted about her husband not really, you know, buying into what she was doing and she wasn't sure what to do. It resonated with something that I went through. So I actually did a loom for her and messaged right. her and talked through like, this is what I think you should do. Her and I actually started a relationship and she's now my executive VA. So it's like those things, um, those things just happened. But, <laughs> but those things where I feel like somebody just needs a word of encouragement and I'm called to it. Like I don't comment on things I don't care about and I don't feel obligated to either. Like if I don't want to hang out with anybody for a week, I just don't hang out with anybody for a week. And then the other ones are for me, things that make sense for my area of expertise. So you can do keywords in your groups now. So you can create a series of keywords and it notifies you in this whole group. You can click on it in your insights and it will just show you all the posts that are relevant to that keyword. And you can change them at any time you want. So if you want to know anybody who's been talking about podcasts because you want to comment on those, you can use that as a keyword. And for the next month, everybody who you know, is talking about podcasts, you can go and engage in that space. Yeah. And that's what I tell people too. Like if you're engaging in other groups, don't just go in and scroll through the feed, go to the search bar and put in a keyword like you would in Google or anywhere else, put in a keyword and see the people that are commenting on the thing you have an area of expertise in and then comment in those things only. Like don't tell somebody that, you know, which logo of theirs you like best if you have nothing to do with design, like go answer the question about parenting over here if you're a parenting coach. So it's the same thing for us, like depending on how you want people to see you, either you are only engaging from a support standpoint, or if you want to have them see you in a particular expertise, then you can you engage in those things. But really, I just kind of look through the scroll. And I if something catches my eye, I comment. And if it doesn't, I don't. Yeah. And then there are times when I'm like, in launch mode where I'm much more intentional about being involved just because I want the algorithm to show my posts to everybody humanly possible. One thing that we implemented after listening to your episode that's been super awesome is we have a channel in our Slack for posts that I can jump in and respond to. Mm, just because yeah. since we have so many different groups going, I, it's impossible for me to see every yeah. big question. And so I told my team, I'm like, I want to comment on 10 to 20 posts a day, like just drop them in here. And 
and then I can click directly to get to that post to respond. And that's been super helpful just from a standpoint, especially since I'm only working part time right now with the baby, where it's like, okay, I'm not just going into the abyss of the Facebook world. I feel like I'm like purposeful with that time. And it feels it's been a really great tip that you shared. Oh, I love it. And you know what? So many people say that the problem is they don't have enough time. And that's because everybody is living 90% of their life logistically, right? It's all about the organizing and the logistics of having kids, having a business, all that kind of stuff. So anywhere where you can cut out the logistics and get straight to the meat of like being helpful or doing a revenue generating task, like that's where we should all, our goal should be. Like anything where you're like, how could I make this less cumbersome? So I love that you're doing that because that's, you're actually more valuable that way. Yeah, it's been really, really helpful for us, especially as a team, too, because then my team doesn't feel like they're like sticky answering questions that I really should be responding to. It's Mm -hmm. been super awesome. Yeah. Well, so how did I do, by the way? Was this helpful at all? (laughs) This is so helpful. I feel like I need to like create like a proposal and send it to you and be like, okay, does this make sense? And the truth be told, you guys have to go listen to Dana's episode on Amy Porterfield's podcast because it's almost like piece one of this puzzle. And this is like piece two of the puzzle. And I think what's so incredible is like, all of us desire to be connected. And I think if I back up all the way to the beginning of this podcast, the Facebook group has changed and ebbed and flowed. And we've questioned like, are we doing this right? Is is this the right way to run it? And we want to get back to that heart of that community. And we want to really have that space where it's like, you can ask the dumb questions because no questions are dumb. And so the deepest desire is not to necessarily promote or sell or anything. It's just to create that space that we wish we had when we were starting. And so you giving us the tools and the ideas to do that by not only just sharing our episodes, but also just inviting that community, that excites me at the core of my being. So I'm so pumped about it. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I want everybody to remember is, so when I do keynotes, one of the things I talk about is the Trolls movie and the True Colors song that they sing. And I say the first set of lyrics in that is that like you with the sad eyes, don't be discouraged. I realize it's hard to take courage in a world full of people. You can lose sight of it all and the darkness inside you makes you feel so small. If you looked at that paragraph like as a printable on your wall every single day and realized that everybody that's engaging in your space, maybe they're trying to grow their business. Maybe they're trying to make more connections, all those things. But at the core of who they are, they're scared and they're lonely and they want to feel connected and they want to feel valued. And oftentimes the people that love us the most aren't always great at giving that to us all the time. And we need an appreciation loop where somebody says, what you said was valuable to me and I want to engage with you. And that's so validating. If we could validate more people in this world, on a daily basis, then we would have a happier, better world. And if we think about our groups and communities as a way to do that, as a way to people feel like they're not so small, like we could change the world. And then it helps doing all the things we have to do in our business that's a pain in the butt easier. And it helps us actually grow something meaningful, which I think is more motivating than just trying to start a group for your business. Yes. 
A hundred percent. I want to know where can everybody connect with you and join your group? Because I'm so excited to just watch you in action and to really <laughs> feel that sense of community. So drop all the spots right now. Yeah. Okay. So boss-mom.com is our website. It'll take you everywhere. If you go to boss-mom.com forward slash Facebook, it'll take you straight to our group. And I have somebody that manages that. So you'll be in within 24 hours. And it's, yeah, it's super, super engaged. I mean, we get, I think, upwards of 89,000 comments and engagements every single month. And it's still really intimate. Like women have had best friends. We've helped women become bestsellers in their books, help them launch their podcasts, help like all of those things just from everybody helping each other. So it's a really amazing think tank and community. Mm, I cannot wait to be a part of it. Dana, thank you so much for just stepping up to the plate, for honoring our requests, for (laughs) laying down some truth. I am so excited to just implement and I hope everyone can see us implementing the exact things that we talked about today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm to go have a drink now. Is it weird that I'm already excited to re-listen to this episode and go back and take tons of notes? I mean, Dana dropped all of the knowledge and I'm just so, so thankful for her for sharing all of those tips and tricks and strategies and ways that we can re-engage this incredible community of gold diggers. I sincerely hope you jump on over and join us inside of the Gold Digger Podcast Insiders Group and I hope you get to watch us implementing in action. I mean, what good is information if you aren't actually implementing it? And so I'm so excited for us to dig in and do the work and we'll probably get a little messy along the way. Thank you so much to Dana for her audit and for her advice. And thank you so much to you, Gold Digger, for being a part of this community. Truly, you fuel what's coming on the show, the guests that we have, the topics that we cover, and the information that we're busy creating day in and day out. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And I sincerely hope to see you inside of our Facebook group. You can join, just head to golddiggerpodcast.com and we'll take you to the page. See you soon. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. 
article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.